You're listening to Green Possible, where being free makes being green possible. I'm your host I, and the show starts in. Hi, Sean. Hello. Um, welcome, and thank you for coming on and chat with me. Thank you for having me. So we, I only know you from looking at your code <laughs> in our <laughs> Python class. So、right. I know you're a very experienced programmer, just because you, when when I look at your code, I'm like, okay, he he's thinking a lot bigger than we all are. So,、uh, <laughs> would you tell us your? Experience in as far as programming goes. Sure,、um, I don't know. I probably have. I don't know if it's unique or not, but、um, you know, I I grew up kind of in the seventies and eighties when a lot of this technology became you know, kind of at the growth point. So you know, I remember times in the eighties. In fact, I probably still. Maybe even still have it, where my mom went down to the library and wound up buying me the book from the library, the how to program an IBM PC in Basic. Oh my god! Oh yeah, so, I remember Basic. Yeah, so you know, growing up, I've had Tandy one thousand computers, and and、uh, then going into IBM, you know, PC clones, and you know, just. Doing a lot of playing around with that,、uh, high school TRS eighty programming courses,、um, and for whatever reason, I didn't stick with it as my education. I got more into electronics, but then wound up getting back more into programming as as time went on, and then I I kind of focused in industrial、um, automation, where there's a lot of programming for. You know, robotics and、wow. you know, what we call kind of more hard automation, where you don't have as you know everybody thinks of the robotics. You know, it's the traditional multiple the, the arm that floats around in the air. You know, because you see those on on TV. And while we I do deal with those styles of robots,、um, do a lot with other automation and conveyors and so, so making stuff that- with motors. Yeah, anything that yeah. you like to control by a computer, is、yep. it's okay. Yeah, so in a lot of our stuff is in the industrial automation is is kind of specific、um, controllers.、Uh, I think there are some people probably branching out and using、um, smaller Linux computers for doing things like uh, uh, what is it, the Raspberry Pi.、Um, Has become kind of popular, but hasn't quite hit mainstream yet. A lot of the big companies still have their hold in industrial automation. So, but、um, you know, a lot of different programming that I've done over the years. Okay. So, do they use their own? What kind of language do you use? So there's a standard out there.、Um, I think it's called IEC six three one 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 or something close to that. I probably got that <laughs> number wrong. Easy to remember. 
Yeah, it's kind of a, an umbrella one that has a, a standard that has encompasses a bunch of different languages. I see. So there's like ladder logic is one, which is kind of left over from one you would design with hard wired relays, but then they incorporated it and made it into logic to be to be used and represented graphically uh, in a programming language. Um, there's function block, which is basically like a block or a rectangle with inputs and outputs on it. And you actually physically connect, you know, like a, a line to it. So your variables get a rectangle and you connect lines to it. So against the graphical, um, there's instruction list in there, which is a little more of a sequential type language. You just list your instructions. What you're saying here is the those because I I love watching like the Foo Factory videos, and mm -hmm. are you talking about how it would look like for the operator that actually has a screen and 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 yeah, okay, yeah, correct, yeah. So for for the programmer, you know, that's kind of what they would program in. To and there's other language like structured text, which is a little more similar to Python and Basic. Is another language that's in there. Um, and some controllers I've used actually can compile C code or C++. Uh-huh. So there's a, a fairly wide gamut of different, different uh, programming languages that can be used. Uh, the ones that I focus on mostly are like ladder logic and structured text. So do you... So, um, it is you did not go to school to learn software. I mean, programming. Do you, did you learn everything yourself or? Well, so the schooling that I did do was more on a, a two year tech school level. And it focused primarily on um, electronics. So circuit board type electronics and how to fix them and, you know, troubleshoot and how all the different transistors and capacitors and integrated circuits and logic gates worked. So I got a fairly deep understanding of how that worked. We talked kind of about how CPUs worked and, and did assembly language programming um, in some of the classes. So that was, a, that was like your, your lowest level type of programming. You got to keep track of a lot of stuff. Not quite as I, easy. I did as some the, assembly, so. Okay, you're familiar with how how archaic that can be at times. <laughs> well, I have to say, to someone who did not know English, assembly mm -hmm. was very good. <laughs> okay, well, I guess so I could I, I could maybe see where you're coming from. Yeah. Right. So yeah. so and there's no like uh, exception to the language assembly mm -hmm. you know unlike mm -hmm. english so it was easier for me and then uh i remember taking taking uh my first computer class in high school and the mm -hmm. the teacher he's really good he i don't remember if i actually understood the english he was saying, but it makes sense to me. Oh, I, I guess I caught the keywords, like break the steps down <laughs> right. to, to write instruction. But 
you know, it was so, it, I think I love computer class mostly because that was the only class that I felt like I was, I knew what I was doing. <laughs> right, right. So, um, and so I, I did assembly, but in college I also did uh, machine language and that was like the most fun because you probably experienced it because you, you basically, you're basically turning things on and off like actual right. hardware. So, yeah. so that was the most fun for me. Yeah. But when, <laughs> when, um, so I stuck with that and I, when I, you know, a company sent me to take C and it made no sense to me. So how, yeah. Was it difficult for you to to go from low level language to things like C or? Uh, I no, I don't think it was. I mean, well, okay, let's back up. At the beginning, yeah, things are a little difficult. Um, I don't know if I'm contrasting the two. Um, I mean, there's definitely more involved in learning a higher level language because there's more capability, you know, I think, which is kind of what you were, um, expanding on a little bit, you know, assembly language, you have a few different things that you can do, and then you got to make everything work within that, where with these higher level languages, there's a lot of libraries, a lot of different functions. So there's, there's a lot more concepts to dig into and learn and try to figure out. And I think it's just, you know, the concept learning, you know, that, that takes the time with these, these higher languages. I mean, even at that, I look at when I did C pointers in C is every once in a while, I, I still like, how the heck does this work? You know, C language and pointers are interesting because you're dealing with memory and the way you're, you're either looking at a memory location or you're looking at what's in the memory, you know, you denote that differently in the language based on what you're what you're trying to get at. So, um, and I'm sure Python and and um, probably has a way to do that too, but maybe not needed as much. Yeah, I, I just remember, and I have no idea how I did it now. <laughs> but I remember when flash flash drive first came out, not even. I think it, it wasn't even drive. It's just a chip. And mm -hmm. and I was made, you know, I was an intern and they're like, intern, figure it out. <laughs> mm -hmm. So so that was, I don't remember what I, I'm pretty sure I didn't use higher language. I think I had to do it in assembly yeah. to control the memory location. Well, probably, yeah. Yeah, I think there's oh. there's probably still a lot of that stuff at the low level hardware um, level that's maybe done in assembly language yet. Yeah, but so what? Why did you um, choose to take the Python class? Well, so the last place I worked for, they did industrial automation too. There's a um, gentleman there that was quite sharp programming and he used it for doing some, uh, we had like a, a system that would do 
inventory management, although we kind of used it just for getting parts ordered for projects and keeping track of what was here and what, what wasn't. But there was an interface piece that needed to be done between the mechanical CAD system and getting all the parts in their bill materials out and get it into this inventory um, parts ordering system. And I saw him use that. I always kind of remembered it because you know, it's got kind of a unique name. And then uh, I had taken, uh, got involved through Jeff's Linux online courses. And then that came up as a possibility for a beginner course. And I'm like, well, I've always kind of wanted to learn it. And nowadays I'm doing more management than I am, you know, deep level programming. So I thought, well, I'm going to do it see what it's like and if I like it and it wasn't, you know, super expensive. And I thought, ah, this will be my opportunity to see what this is all about. So yeah, that's kind of why that, I did it. I thought the tuition was amazingly cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fairly, it was reasonable. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. <laughs> oh, okay. And so, um, did you, yeah, it, it might, because uh, I guess there's a lot of beginners, so, mm -hmm. in, in the class, so, yeah. um, how, how do I say this, how do you feel about it, about learning, because you're obviously not a newbie programmer, but right. Python is new to you, so what did yeah. you think? while you're going through the class? Well, my preconceived notion was I'm probably going to be able to uptake this information a little quicker than they're going to um, dole it out because I have a lot of foundational concepts already built up. Um, but I just thought to myself, well, I'll see how it goes and I'll just kind of do what I do. And if I can take on more, I'll just do it myself. And if not, it is what it is. And I'll just go along at the pace. And it, actually the way things turned out for the projects I had going on at work, uh, this, it turned out quite well because I was able to, you know, kind of coast along for a while. And then, you know, you probably saw eventually I started posting more stuff or they noticed my stuff. And then it's like, after that, I'm like, okay, well, people can learn from me. And I'm like, this is kind of neat. So I got something to, to uh, value here that I can help some other people with, then great. And um, just decided to stretch my wings a little bit with it and, and go from there. And it worked out well for the pace that it was at and what I had going on in life. So your wings are pretty wide, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look at your code and I'm like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. And, and um, a lot of it is still over my head um, because yeah. I was, you know, I've I been away from programming for a while, especially serious one, because the last thing I had to learn was PHP, which is okay. not, you know, not. <laughs> it's not really really programming i i mm -hmm. guess um but so i had the same idea because i i was still taking uh linux 
and but it was getting easier because we're getting most of the basics down with Linux. And so I was thinking, oh, I'll take it easy and and wait till up, you know, object oriented part and then then get serious. And then I start seeing your code and like, oh, I better, I better, (laughs) (laughs) I better, you know, pick myself up and do something seriously. And also I, I recognize how the idea of taking it easy was actually pretty arrogant on my part because I mm-hmm. I just forgot that I actually not forgot but I realized something really weird you know the the software the all the languages I learned probably except mm-hmm. for assembly or machine language the I did not I did not realize that English because of my English I didn't I was not able to get the concept. Mm-hmm. And this time around my English is much better. So when Jeff explains words and concept it right. starts to make me realize why the C class and C plus plus class made no sense to me. <laughs> right. Because I I can't not it's not I know I know maybe I know the word, but there's no instinct to it. I, I yeah. So it's hard. Yeah, you to don't get. have the. Yeah, you don't have the the concrete. You know what are those? What does that relate to? You yeah. Know, what does that word relate to and mean mean to me? How can I? understand it and make it make sense to yeah yeah it's interesting i don't, I never really thought of that I mean yeah, it, i haven't done much with foreign language uh myself so even though i've traveled to different different places in the world so i understand it from that standpoint trying to interface with people and understand words but not from you know your viewpoint never had to kind of think about it that way well besides that it takes me it probably I, I'm not very fast at picking things up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I use time and effort to overcome that. So it mm-hmm. took. So when I first decided to really put some effort into it, I you know it. I was like, oh, I started to notice the 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 word part that uh, I was talking to uh, Heather and the word attribute meant so much more and now that I'm getting it's kind of funny I mean it feels like I I, even though I came here I've been here for a long time I still feel like a newbie uh, with words like like the word plethora (laughs) (laughs) that I used to invite you (laughs) I mean it was you know it's exciting in some sense because a lot of people probably think that oh i'm i'm at the age where i don't need to be learning new stuff Mm -hmm. but it's exciting to right you feel young again when you learn new stuff Mm -hmm. so i don't know if you got that excitement from doing python (laughs) but i did 
Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, especially with the, you know, the world and the way it's changing. You know, you never know what what could go on. You know, and the other thing that came to my mind in taking this is, um, you know, I'm I'm close to fifty years old, so you know, at some point. There's retirement down the road. Um, what I do requires me, you know, now industrial automation requires me to be there. Oh. And what's interesting about this is, you know, uh, I don't, unless I am totally physically unable to do something, I don't see myself being able to sit around and do a traditional retirement like maybe others can and just travel and no, do all this stuff. I, yeah. So Not me. I'm thinking, thinking to myself, like, well, what else can I do to maybe still make income and do something I enjoy, which has always kind of been programming. So I'm like, okay, well, this might, might be it. And especially because now it being a job that can be done remotely, I can move out of my house. I can downsize. I can maybe move to a different part of the country that is less costly to live in and, you know, whatever, you know, there's a freedom there, you know, back to the freedom um, aspect of things that is a possibility. So I figured, well, let's get the jump on this. You know, like Jeff says, it takes a while to, to get involved in this. I don't know if I'll be able to, to get involved from a professional standpoint at a certain level right away, but um, it might take a little bit longer, but if you don't get started, you never finish. So, Yeah. And I, I look at your call. I feel like you should be able to get going pretty quickly. Um, mm -hmm. But so did with your experience, did you ever have to work with other people? I mean, programming, like in writing code together. Uh, yeah. Um, well, maybe f the from the viewpoint that you're thinking, like on a one project where you have multiple people. Yeah. Uh, programming. Um, in my past and. I guess really only this last project and the company I'm working at now, it was actually a big enough project where we needed to have multiple people at the same time working on a project. So from that standpoint, yes, I have not so much like in a Python language, but in an industrial automation setting, which is a little unique because we are able to program live on the controller. So oh, we do what's called those. online edits um, in the controllers. So, so and you see the reaction from hard hardwares. Yeah, okay. yeah. We have sensors that we get inputs from. We have different actuators that may be electrical. They may be air driven that we need to turn an output on, make it go one way, turn another, that output off another one on, make it go the other way. So yeah, that's the kind of, kind of industrial automation controllers that we're dealing with. And so the reason I asked is because when 
people write programming, I mean, write code together,、mm-hmm. you, you know, can you tell if someone, or maybe in general even, can you tell、uh, a good programmer from a bad programmer? And how? How can you tell? Yeah,、um, I think you're going to notice a lot with the way there's consistency of syntax. Um, you know, how consistent are they in the way they write?、Uh, what concepts are they using?、Um, I'm trying to think of a good example, but I probably won't. Yeah,、um, example.、Uh, well, okay, I'll give, this, I'll give this example. So it is more industrial automation related, but it, the concepts kind of apply. So、okay. w- within industrial automation, a lot of times,、uh, There's what's called controller scope variables, which is just equivalent to global variables. You can use them in any task anywhere.、Mm-hmm. And then there's, of course, your, your local variables. And a lot of times, what will happen with newer programmers is everything gets declared global. So now you have this、oh. big, massive list of variables.、Um, another <laughs> one is、um, use of. What we call user defined types, or yeah, Python's a little interesting in the way it does, does those, but I guess that's more like a you know, what is it called? Maybe it's a list where you can have different types of variables with all contained in the one.、Um, so sometimes newer programmers just declare variables one at a time instead of grouping. Variables up in a, a user defined type. So, like in, in、yeah. a lot of standard programming languages, like even C, the structured text I talked about, and even in these controllers that we use, you know, we can say, okay, there you have a grouping of variables, and let's say you have a few, you know, float types, you can have integer types, you can have strings in there, and then you can group them all into one. And then you can even make another type. And then put that type in another type. So you can have nesting of data types. And that's a way to package your variables kind of in a neat way and have them all in the one spot so they're not just flat and scattered all over. And then you're looking for. So that's already the, the same idea as object oriented stuff. Yeah,、right? it, in, in a way, in a way it is. Although it's, this is just variable, period, just variables and, and packaging、right. them up in a no, new structure. No method. No, no methods involved in that at、yeah. all. And actually,、right. so when we went through object oriented programming in Python course, that was the first time I actually got introduced to object oriented programming. And Without knowing cool, that you already know. Yeah. So how, how did that go? Did you. I, I went, yeah. I was excited about that. Now I'm looking at it thinking, well, I wish my industrial controllers had this capability because I think there's ways that, that things could be made a little, bit, a little bit different from that standpoint. Although, when we, when we write things in industrial controllers, they're like a function. And they kind of, in a way, work in the same, kind of work in the same way、uh, as an ob- object in Python. Um, although you, you have to kind of program, you're still programming it kind of, you know, you know, the regular 
function way. You know, right. you're not, it, it's thought of, you, you think about it differently when you program it, but you kind of achieve the same thing. Oh, it's mm-hmm. a little bit different yet. Right. So you don't use the dot notation, the call out a method, or there's nothing like that in it. You got to like turn on a bit to make something happen in an external function if you want to kind of do it that way. Actually, that a... actually makes sense to me because in assembly, yeah. there's a lot of bit flipping and all mm-hmm. that. I was using, you know, my favorite thing to do in assembly was to use just one byte of of a register. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the modern language is for that, yeah. but just one byte, and and I have eight flags to yes. to, you know. So it's similar to that, right? What you're saying? Oh yes, yeah, so yeah. I- and we'll we'll do that a lot in industrial automation too. Oh, well, now they're 32 bit controllers, so they're dense double integers to get your 32 you bits. My age we- here. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, instead of instead of just eight, we got thirty-two. Okay. <laughs> so thirty-two yeah, flags. So it, it's always fun to be able because making things run on a computer feels so different than making a machine work. It is so much fun to do that. Yeah. I mean, at yeah. least for me. Yeah, so. it's it's a little different. I don't know. Making um, stuff move is is kind of an interesting thing. It's a, a different. It, it's different yeah. than computer programming because you, you know from a safety standpoint, you actually want to be there when you're doing it. If you're doing program changes, where with right. you know computer programming, databases, things like that, you can do a lot of simulation just on a computer. It's all in virtual world, so to speak. But when you're dealing with hardware. And stuff that can go crash, boom, bam. Um, you gotta, you gotta take a different approach to that. Yeah, I know, but it's just, it, it's. I realize that people might not re- know that even with simple programming, because there's a lot of help out there. Um, mm-hmm. In Python, I guess they have. There's a lot of stuff out there that you could actually probably make your own little um automatic system somehow oh yeah yeah and i think even a lot of the raspberry pi systems that you can buy with linux on it i think they use python uh, for doing a lot of that input output control kind of um, programs that they do for those and i call it hobby but some of the stuff can probably be used world so it's kind of weird because when i came here i realized that american parents or you know uh on the dad side you learn a lot of stuff like how to check your cars some some dad knows really you know how knows how to work with woods they fix their mm-hmm. own stuff um and that is something missing from my culture uh, because, well, mostly because I grew up in a city and there is no place to mm-hmm. have a wood shop, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and, and I think that's where the American ingenuity came from, from, from playing. Yeah, probably and, so. Yeah. And yeah, being curious. You, right. 
do do you see yourself with you know do you have a history of that or yeah somewhat i mean my my parents had their own business um they were my dad did furniture reupholstery so he would refurnish furniture you know put new fabric on it my mom would help Mm -hmm. with that and make draperies and so they had their own business out of their home so i got to see a lot of that and i got involved at times although taking apart old furniture for me was rough because i have um uh, call it an allergy to dust you know Mm. well i think most people probably do when they get a lot of dust they sneeze but i got itchy eyes and and then of course you know this furniture is old and who knows what animals did what in that furniture so um, oh yeah you could have some of that so but so i got to take apart a lot of furniture when i was a kid <laughs> so i guess you have i i always joke about me even though i look nothing like a princess but my body is princessy <laughs> <laughs> so so you you have a body that's a prince <laughs> <laughs> but so so what do you think, uh, even though you didn't come through uh, school with mm-hmm. programming in the background, do you see, like, what kind of traits does a good programmer have? I think you need to be able to think logically. Um, being able to, you know, people that have a good math background, if you can understand algebra well, I think you do well with programming. That's, uh, from what I see all the time, everything's kind of based in that from a programming standpoint, you know, algebraic formulas that I always kind of see. Um, my math background was fairly strong, but people that can do math, algebra, think logically about things is computers are all logic um so if you have a problem thinking logically you probably probably won't do so well Um, so i so algebra is you're saying that because a lot of time you need to uh like do x equal y plus something and that's Mm -hmm. kind of algebra thinking it's more of being able to think uh, like you're doing algebra. Yeah. Um, yeah variable, but, substitution, name something, this equals this, this, and this. Right. Um, but you don't have to be like all A's in, in high school kind of thing with math. Right? No, just... I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it, I wasn't. Uh, probably right. more BC in a lot of areas. Yeah, so. but I I don't know how American parents are. Um, but in Asia, uh, mm-hmm. at least my age, my the parents, my parents' generation, a lot of times is like, uh, grades equals everything. Mm-hmm. But my my dad is like. If you're healthy and happy, he's happy. He doesn't, you know, I had horrible grades. (laughs) 
He used to mm-hmm. flunk English, by the way. <laughs> so, so you know how it, you know, the older you get, the, the more you understand that it's not, it's not the degree or kind of degree you have. It's more of what effort you put in and what talents you discovered about yourself. Right. And if you were able to, to use it. So, yeah. Application of knowledge. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. The, the ability to use your talent. Um, A lot of time going through, and I've met a few people like that, uh, PhD people, they have mm-hmm. no, uh, I, oh, I don't know how to translate it from, from Chinese. They don't know how to, the, there's almost no common sense in everyday mm-hmm. living. Right. And I would think that a lot of time it prevents them from seeing their own talent and using them. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. Yeah, but so, but don't you think most people would have logical thinking? I mean, I don't, I, you know, in order to talk to people, nor you know, it makes it make sense of yourself. You need some logic, don't you think? Most people, or if not all people, yeah. can learn. Well, they might be able to, yeah. I think it's a, it's a matter of how far you want to, you know, what particular skills would help you to, to best, you know, take it to whatever level, you know, a higher level of it, you know, that's kind of, I guess the way I was looking at the question as, uh, you know, what foundational principles kind of, kind of help to, to get you to understand it the best. Not that nobody can if they don't have some of that. I mean, I mean, I think our our Python group there's, there's probably plenty of people in there that haven't even thought of doing anything like this. Maybe more on the creative side too. And uh, yeah, because sometimes I, I don't know at... who they are, but I would imagine yeah. that we probably have some people of those different mindsets. It, it's interesting to see other people's code because you know if you're so used to programming you you might go a certain way like uh, Mm -hmm. there's like a general method of doing certain things and you just do it and when you see other people's solution you're kind of like oh okay i've never thought of it before and it might not be smarter or shorter but it's different right so i think that's what i didn't get to experience when I was taking programming in school because you just see what the teachers give you right? and you follow it and make it work, but you don't see, you don't really see other people's programming. I mean, and they might look the same because they're following the same example. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's different, you know, once you get going on, doing things and you got some of the basic foundations of programming you know you know i didn't do that at the beginning either it was more or less okay let's learn from this book and i'm just trying to understand how stuff works at the base level and then once you get going you start well wait a minute i remember doing this over here and this worked i wonder if this will work this way and 
I do a lot of that now where it's like, uh, here's a really good example. So the flask project that we did last, um, I went through a lot of that, just going through different sites, trying to figure stuff out and did it a certain way. And I'm like, okay, well, this works. And I'm thinking Wait. in the back of my head, I bet you there's a better way to do this. I and forgot now, what flask is. That's the web browser, the, the web server. Oh, right. So it that's, makes yeah, you, it feels like you're looking at a web page. Yeah. 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 Flask allowed you to serve up web pages. That's the one where we did with the database. Um, rolled in. Well, I rolled it in with the database stuff. Yeah. That's your own where I just kind of threw everything in the kitchen sink. At I can't it. wait to see your code every time. I'm kind of, oh, what is he up to this time? <laughs> so, so now that I, I decided to take the intermediate class too. Um, oh, you did. Python. And uh, that's one of the main things that we're going to be learning is Flask. So I did some pre-looking online at videos, and I'm like, oh, there's a totally different way to do the things that I did. And I'm like, oh. well, this is really interesting now, you know. And so that's somebody that maybe had some other formal training on how the Flask API works. So, so it's going to be interesting. And there's probably other ways to do it too, you know, depending on who you go to and maybe even what version they learned on, you know, as, as programming That's languages, true. you know, um, get better over time. You know, they do things in different ways. So. Well, one, one thing about um, Python's way of doing object-oriented code is that it somehow feels simpler than other stuff, than C or something. And I, I have... Mm -hmm basically no experience in C because it just never makes sense to me. But right. um, it, I did not realize how it helps in making, keeping your code clean, mm -hmm. you know, it, and, and I was trying to do something. Now I don't remember exactly what I was trying to do, but in my old way uh, of doing things like, you know, for example, in maybe uh, PHP or even for old people, <laughs> Fortran. Mm -hmm. No, <laughs> yes, Fortran, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't used that, but I've heard of it. Right. <laughs> oh, I'm hating this a lot because now everybody knows I'm old. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I just, in you know, in those, in the older languages, it would take like, 20 30 lines and right. and one day i was trying to uh, i think it's a part of testing out my password generator mm -hmm. and i was doing and i i'm like wait i could use this uh new you know class with new method mm -hmm. that i learned uh with strings and mm -hmm. i did it in three lines yeah I was so happy. Yep. I was so impressed. I was like, oh, that's why. That's why we need object-oriented, you know, programming to, yeah. to keep things simple and organized. And so that's a, another thing. Do, do you notice that in other people's code as far as work experience goes? You must, you must see other people's code, don't you? 
Yeah, I, I've seen stuff that other people have done. Um, yeah, a lot of times things in a lot of the industrial world is fairly similar. Um, you know, somebody might have been able to cut a few lines here or there out of something. You know, just not a... When, when I look at it, I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of neat, but not the not the end of the world. But definitely with Python, um, some of the ways that it handles you know, strings and being able to display data with F strings. Um, that stuff's pretty powerful. Um, once you start getting into formatting and displaying data to somebody in the, on the screen, um, cause that kind of stuff, if you had to do that all manually and parse strings out and get data in the right, put all these tabs in and do all that stuff. Um, you know, those libraries help out quite a bit. And formatting information. Yeah, the other thing that I realized that that me not being good with English was the problem is the the concept of library. Mm-hmm. It, it was totally foreign to me because we didn't have that in like you know Fortran. Fortran is yeah. super simple. It's only a little bit more complicated than basics, but right, right. <laughs> So it was it was really hard to catch and and these there's one thing and I don't know if you had to deal with that in the industrial area but um the thing that really puzzled me for a long time was the try and accept uh error handling right feature in in Python so my my question there is what is what cons- what is considered an error cuz there are times you just want to know if if the user it's 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 saying one or two but they're mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. not errors right so i i think that's why i kept asking the same question cuz i i'm not getting you know in in python is that considered error if you if i want one but you gave me two do I handle it from like if statement or do I handle it from the try and accept? What what do you think of that? Um, well, the try and accept was actually a new concept for me too. I have seen it before past programmers I worked with where I think uh, Java had that as a capability, um, but I never really done any programming with that. So this was new for me too. Um, but in general, you know, with even industrial automation, we need to do uh, error handling. Um, you know, if there's an error on a, a device, a drive that controls a motor and, you know, it may, th- it may throw an error. And, well, how do we handle that? Do we just display it so the user knows to do something with it? And then how do they know what to do with it? So... You know, I, yeah, your question is interesting. You know, where do you choose to do what? And I think there's probably a combination in there somewhere where you you may use a try and accept, and then you may have to if if condition some of that too. I think I might even right. do some and of that. I I don't think I. This is how slow I am. We're done with class for a while now, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm still like. When we were going through that 
stuff. I I had no idea what my real question is until I I just asked you, because mm-hmm. you know. I, I I had a sense that some people just threw everything into trying to accept, mm-hmm. and I didn't think that was right because it's not like a machine fault or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It is just user are giving us answers. Uh, you know that may be the option, maybe one of the option they could choose. Why right. is that a, a fault? Why is that error? You know yeah. that maybe I'm trying, maybe I'm thinking too much, but it, it bothers me to treat that as error. Yeah. So I, well, I didn't know I, how to phrase that question before. Yeah, I, I think also with that, my kind of understanding is we're trying to stop the program from exiting prematurely. So, or never. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really never. You you want it to exit when the user says I'm done. Um, yeah. So you kind of handle that. And I think they've built in a lot of different errors that can be um, caught with a try accept. Mm-hmm. Um, and where they have those built in, it probably makes the most sense to use a try accept for mm-hmm. that. And then mm-hmm. you know, maybe more program specific related errors on user entry might be something that you handle on your own. Maybe you could put it in a try accept and then get a little finer, like, you know, okay, there's this problem with this. Now let's, uh, there's no Python error for this particular case. It's more user data entry that I'm looking for. Now I need to make sure that the high level stuff is taken care of the, the major stuff, like the, the wrong type of variable they entered. And now I can go in when that's good. Now I need to go and check, check my, uh, for specifics of what I'm looking for. Right. I can see it being done that way. Kind of the, the combo way of doing it. Uh, Jeff may have a different answer for us, but yeah, <laughs> that's the way I I'm understanding it. Right. So, so right now, uh, you're, uh, you have the intermediate class started yet. I think it has. Yeah. It just, yeah. yeah, it just started on last Saturday. Yeah. And so were you practicing? Did you like me find something to do so you could keep the keep it going what were you doing um before the class start with python yeah other than Uh, i actually yeah i i didn't really i didn't do anything (laughs) took a little (laughs) break from it and said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna sign up for this and get going on it so but uh yeah yeah the, the first class was a lot of just kind of ground stuff um I don't think I had enough. I don't think I had it down enough to to take the the second class. I I just am still kind (laughs) of yeah making it my own. I guess. I think there's some others that have already asked the question (laughs) if they're in over their head or not. But um, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it's good to get advanced concepts, even if you don't understand it. 
I've, I've done that before too, where I'm like, you know, okay, well, let's look into this. And I'm like, oh boy, what is this stuff? And leave it alone for a while and you come back to it and maybe you learn something else in the meantime. And then all of a sudden that makes sense. But yeah. it all depends on everybody's individual comfort level, you know? I, yeah, so. I guess. I, I'm so, it takes me, I think, much longer than other people to, to, mm-hmm incorporate these into me as a real yeah. understanding not just just oh i i've seen this and not that's not gonna work when right i write program otherwise yeah. it'll be like i don't know why this doesn't work type of, type of issue right so but um and if you after hmm. <laughs> going to put you on the spot, um, would you be willing to come back and talk about the intermediate class uh, uh, later once you have done it a while? Is that I yeah, I don't see why not. Okay, great. Sure. So um, it's it's fun to talk to people that. You, you know, you didn't come from the normal uh, programming background, mm-hmm. so it, it's fun for me to to see how. You know, I don't think people realize programming actually interact with hardware. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty involved when you think about it. Lots of different devices that use it. Yeah, so I hope to put that in that little seed in people's head and and know that it's possible to try it to to Mm -hmm. do this. We're more capable than we ever imagined a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So I thank you for um, chatting with me, and I looking I look forward to our next time after you've done a lot more fun stuff with python yeah thank you you're welcome this was uh this was a fun hour thank you yep thank you bye bye this has been green possible thank you for listening your host i signing off